Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers. This is Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening at the movies and anywhere else. And my guest today, Alan Cumming, well, he is just actor, singer, has a club, uh, has a TV series, Instinct, has a terrific movie now you need to see called After Louie. You know, I look at you and I want to say, you, you, you. Ah, uh, that's Everywhere nice. you. Oh, I love that song. You do love it because you yeah, sing it in your in my show, yeah. Yeah, yeah. see? How, How nice. appropriate that was of me to do it. So it welcome, Alan. Thank welcome. you, Pete. Thank you. Do you have any time for yourself with your schedule? A little bit packed right now. <laughs> a little I bit to, I have packed. to schedule time for myself. Oh. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I, I, I think it's inter- interesting. You have to focus on everything really hard, even having fun. So I do. <laughs> It shouldn't have to be that way. Fun yeah. shouldn't be scheduled. You know? I know it, it shouldn't, shouldn't be, be. But, but at least you're having fun. But here, After Louis yeah. is a... It's about history. It's, a, mm. it's about... Well, you explain who Sam is. Well, uh, Sam, who I play, he's this man, older man, who has lived through the AIDS epidemic and is very active in ACT UP, which is an organisation that was very kind of aggressive in the way that it protested the government's lack of um, empathy and involvement and uh, desire to help people with AIDS. So he's making a documentary, a film. He's an artist, but he like, sort of doesn't want to do his painting anymore. He wants to focus on this film about his friend uh, William, who has died. And he's kind of, in a way, he's sort of trapped in that world. And he's very kind of, um, he can't engage with anyone. And he, he's very resentful of people who have not had his own experience. And so then he meets this younger man. He's gay as well, I've got to say that. He meets this younger man played by Zachary Booth and um, they start this relationship. And it's, it's about the schism in between the two generations of, of gay men. You know, have you been through the AIDS have, uh, epidemic or, or not? And it's about kind of this also this loss in the middle of all that of all these men who died you know and there's a sort of a whole generation of mentors who are not alive anymore to help well uh, yeah your character has that line in the movie about he used to be going to two or three funerals a week yes yes it's just shocking when you think about it what I see it was a uh, a generational thing where this guy that you're talking to is part of a generation that didn't live through that. Yes. And that there's some resentment on your character's part about yes. them not doing enough or feeling... Or having a community and having a sense of right. activism anymore. And it's actually really interesting because when I read the script, I, I know people from both sides of this story. I know young people who are have no knowledge of, of their legacy, of the gay rights movement mm-hmm. legacy. I know young people who do. And I know young people who are um, annoyed with older gay men who kind of push them away and say, you don't know what it was like, you know. <laughs> and I know, I know gay men, older gay men, who are kind of smug about having lived through it and been a part of it and expect something. I, I don't know. I, 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 I could see all the arguments in this <laughs> script. I'd never seen anything, any film or book or anything uh, that had um, displayed them in this eloquent way. And so that's what made me want to do it, was that I thought, God, this we need to talk about this. And I... Since doing the movie, I've just realised this massive amount of PTSD that I think people have about it. Everyone has. It's, it's a huge, terrible, you know, millions of people died. It's this plague that was on all our houses. And I just think we're now just starting to come to terms with it in terms of it being able to express 
the horror. Now we're we're looking back at it, and this film's you know one of those things. Like, and there's been documentaries over the last years that have started to do that. So I think it's an interesting thing. I think we're actually maybe entering a phase where more exploration about that is going to happen. Because learning, it's learning to know what the history is of something, you know. Mm-hmm. And your character usually, I'm talking to you, I'm laughing, you know. But Sam isn't. He's, he's not laughing. He's not a very nice person, actually. He's, he's not very, very likable. <laughs> so you said, let me play this. I, it was actually, yes, I really... The challenge of playing him was a lot to do with not being likable. Like, you know, obviously as a performer, as a person, you feel, I feel anyway, that, you know, I want people to like me. I think it's nice to be nice and all that stuff. And <laughs> as a performer, even if you're playing someone bad, evil or whatever, uh, you know, you try and do it with a, some sort of, you know, charm. Mm-hmm. And so to not be, to, I had to try and not do all those things, all those things that I'm very much conditioned to do. And, and, and also I, I tried to change my body a bit to, to look more like who I thought Sam would be. He's a bit older than me and he's, you know, I just think it, it was an interesting thing. It was quite a challenging role in that respect. Mm-hmm. Well, you like that, don't you? I love a challenge. You know? yes, this is I do. what you do. When you were Eli Gold, that's what people, I think when they see you and they know you only from The Good Wife. Yeah. And they say, why is he talking funny? Why is he talking with his funny accent? <laughs> yeah, that's right. What is it? So, you know, why are and you? I, I love when people say, you have an accent. And I go, so do you. you. And they go, no, I don't. And I go, you have an American accent. And they go, no, I don't. And they go, oh, well, this is really Kafkaesque. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Who is this man? I know. You know People are a bit shocked. But, you know, you, we talk about this. It's interesting that you have Instinct as a series now on CBS mm. because, again, you're playing, and I didn't know this, you're playing a gay character. Yes. And what I love about it is that it's almost just tossed away. He's there. Exactly. He's got a husband. It's, and also he's got... Well, the thing is, what's... Yeah. Fascinating about it. I mean, it's interesting. These two things are kind of uh, coming out at the same time. These sort of two really ends, is. opposite ends of the spectrum of like gay art, whatever you want mm-hmm. to call it. Because you know, in uh, this is an instinct, and it's the first ever network drama to have a gay character as the, in the leading role it's just in American shocking. history. It's like what? <laughs> Everyone's going, "Isn't that great?" And I go, "It's great and it's terrible at the same time." And but what I really think is good about it is that. His, like you say, his gayness is l- the fourth or fifth thing you would say about him mm-hmm. in his list of characteristics that are important to the plot of the show. And he's in a marriage, and it's a very supportive, you know, loving marriage. And what I think is interesting about how you, you know, after Louis has a lot to say, and it's much more kind of ag- um, aggressive and brutal and sexual mm-hmm. in terms of its storyline and about the kind of uh, impact that it has. But also, what I think you can also make big political statements and change things in the mainstream, like with Instinct. I think there's going to be millions of people in America watching Instinct who have never seen a gay, a, a same-sex marriage on on their screens before, and so, and it's certainly not one that's you know happy. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a really important thing to do as well. So it's interesting for me as an artist to see both those sides of my work uh, coming out at the same time. Well, with you even because you're bisexual. So some of the gay community says, well, wait a minute, you know, why are you playing this? <laughs> well, I mean, I sort of think you can play anything. I, you know, well, I've you never, can, you're an actor. I'm an actor. I've never murdered <coughs> anyone, but I play Macbeth, you know what I mean? I, uh, <laughs> well, you had practice. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I've, uh, you know, I don't ride a motorbike, but I do on TV. I'm not <laughs> Jewish, but I am on TV. You know, it's amazing what you can do when you just pretend. It's but, schizophrenia, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of <laughs> characters lot of in oh your God. head. Oh, that MC from Cabaret. We all know. know. Yeah, we can all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> but I just feel like I feel... 
my sexuality, I feel it's so interesting because I think that what you know, my sexuality has changed in my, in my life, and I feel it's a great area, and I feel that we're, t- especially in America, we're so told to make it a black and white thing. We are. It's Always. Like, what, are to, what are we you? We need to know it now. I need, and I need to know exactly, like, not even just what your preference of sexuality is, but what within that, what you like to do with the that. You know, there's all this kind of top-bottom thing. I think this is awful. <laughs> it's so close to Luckily, instinct the, hasn't uh, gone That there. won't be happening right. instinct. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe well, in season it'll be like the jumping the shark of instinct. <laughs> uh, I, I, um, I, I just think it's a really you know you're closing yourself off to possibility, and I think I you know I my um, I've been married to people of different of both sexes, mm-hmm. and I feel that I want to honour that, and I feel that that's what my life has been like, and I feel that's why I say I'm bisexual, even though I'm married to a man now. It doesn't change, you know. I think you can you can choose your sexuality even if you don't ever have sex. It's about what you desire and what your desires are. And I think that's what's really important, that people feel there's a lot of shame involved around sex in this country. And I, and I think also in in, uh, in the movie and after Louis, you know, Sam's quite shameful about sex. But that's partly because well, he, he went through pe- a time where sex was a shameful thing because you could die from it. I'm looking at you. You seem to be pretty together <laughs> as a person. Is this, a, is this all a facade? I don't is think this I- <laughs> Is, well, you know, when I read your book, you when I read your book about your childhood, now oh, my yeah. father's son, it was like Dickensian to me. Yeah, me too. Abusive. Well, you especially. Yeah. But uh, abusive father. How did you get to the place that you're in now, where you can be and make a commitment to another person? Well, uh, gosh, I don't. I, you know, I just think you. I mean, by talking about it a lot. I mean, like when you've gone through something. I, I find it very interesting. I really connect with people who are sort of, you know, um, survivors of abuse because actually it doesn't really matter what the abuse is. It's, there's a certain kind of uh, code of behaviour that happens and you can really relate to it no matter what mm-hmm. the thing is. And I think partly what I've, the thing that's been amazing to me about my, that book is I didn't realise, I was actually very nervous about it coming out because I was, you know, telling the world something very different about mm-hmm. myself. And, but, and I was very worried about how my mum and my brother would be affected by it. But actually, it was a really joyous thing. And the thing I didn't factor in was that how, how much me, someone like me in the public eye, talking about abuse and talking in that way, how that would affect so many other people and give them confidence to talk about it in their lives. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, it seems a bit dopey that I didn't realise that would happen. But that's an amazing thing. And I feel that's kind of what you need to do is, is to be able to talk about things to feel safe to do that and to actually you know I feel like I say I, I came through something that I you know I thought I might die I, I really thought I might die from, by, from my father's abuse and, and I came through it and I've made a life for myself and I'm happy and I have you know made amends and resolved it all and forgiven my father I understand a lot more about him now and I think that's the thing you've got to do is like share your story and, and let people know that they're not alone and, and that you can overcome things well what was uh, incredible uh, you know in reading that and finding out later was that you he always thought he wasn't your biological father well not always he at some point he just he, he at some point he decided that mm-hmm. I wasn't his son <laughs> and then you know kind of and that's why I think I now know he was had some form of mental illness because you know we all can do that we can all say I'm going to pretend that didn't happen you know <laughs> uh, but he did that with my life and um, 
so it was an incredible thing. And he, he, when I told him about it, uh, when he you know, told me that I wasn't his son, I had a DNA test, and I said, actually, you know, guess what, I am. He, he kept saying to me, but I had to believe it, Alan. I had to believe it. And I said, no, you chose to believe it. You mm. wanted to believe it. And this delusion of, I mean, it's just the most insane and sort of bizarre thing to be talking to your father and sort of convincing him that you are his <laughs> son. <laughs> I mean, we're laughing, but there's nothing funny about well, you it. Have I mean, to it, laugh. Was just, no, it was nothing funny did, at the time. Yeah. But you know what was hilarious? I spoke to him on the phone. I was having this conversation. And I spoke to him on the phone, and it was. Uh, and I actually said to him, "This is the last time I'll I'll speak to you." And it was. And I put the phone down, and I was dressed entirely in drag because I was playing a transvestite in a mini series <laughs> in South Africa. And it was at lunchtime. So I had my I had my bra and my little panties, my <laughs> my nails all thingy, and, and like my makeup with my wig off. And I thought this is hilarious. This is actually this would be. He would just, the idea that we're having this conversation anyway is the night, but the fact I'm doing it, his son is doing it in full drag, would probably, you know, kill him on the spot. Well, just the line, you know, I'm playing a transvestite in a miniseries in South Africa, it would be enough, you know, it's not a life that most people are leading, you know, Seriously. luckily that's, that's know. you. That's me, and that's, you know what, it's, I, that was in between, on a, on a hiatus from The Good Wife. I noticed that on The Good Wife, I played this you know, buttoned-up <clears throat> political guy, and every hiatus, I went and did something crazy, like something <laughs> the most far away from Eli as possible. Like, a transvestite? Yes! yes. Uh, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> yes. A smurf? Of course. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I love what, it. All the parts of Macbeth? <laughs> yes, I'm there. <laughs> and that's really what I did. That was hiatus. great, that one man Macbeth. I think that's just... Oh, um, bless you. Yeah, sure. It was crazy. I'll play all the parts. Why not? I know. It was like, right. When you think about it, I'm actually seeing my friend John tonight, who's the director, was one of the directors mm -hmm. of it. And every time I do something with him, I nearly die. I, I, I did the back eye with him when he suspended me upside down by my ankles. <laughs> I came from the Piscina March upside down wearing a kilt. So, and then the next time I was in doing Macbeth and I nearly drowned in this bath and everything. It was actually an amazing thing. You know, sometimes when you, you um, feel these moments in the theatre that are kind of, you think, oh, this is why we do it. This is why the theatre is so incredible. Is I was in this bath and in Glasgow when we did it, the, the front row of the audience was on the same level as the stage. Mm -hmm. So they were right beside me. And there's a bit when I was in the bath, and you thought I was drowning. You, you truly thought that I ha was drowning, because I was underwater, and there was a, cam a screen. You could see me on this camera for a very, very long time, a disturbing. And mm -hmm. I could feel people. And actually, I wasn't drowning. I was kind of like hiding like this. <laughs> and I could feel people. Uh, I could feel this unrest, and people sometimes were talking and things. And I could feel this, you know. And I could actually feel the energy of people wanting to rush out and grab me out of the water. Me, Alan, as mm -hmm. well as the character. And I just remember, and I'd say to people, did you, and they'd be like, oh, I was that close, Alan. I was, I was, I was about to, I had my one foot up, and then you came out of the water. And it was an incredible thing that uh, you, the theatre can do that, you know. It's a connection. Really. It's an incredible connection that's there. Look at that. Only, only connect. connect. Very Ian Foster. It is Ian Foster. Yes, it, yeah. it really is. You win a coconut. Love that. I win it. Where is my coconut? I've just got it's these to choke on. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Tell us a little bit before about Club Coming and why you did this. I mean, because I heard you were having some problems with licensing. Yes, this is kind of a strange thing. So Club Coming is a bar in the East Village that I am one of the owners of. And it started off, I had parties in my dressing room after Cabaret on Broadway, and we called it Club Coming. And it was like a sort of clubhouse. That's where we all went after the show, and then all my guests would come. And then I had some, like, I would do pop-up Club Coming parties mm -hmm. in bars just to have, see my friends, and I'd DJ and have fun. And then I'd just do concerts after, I'd do concerts, and after sometimes I'd have a Club Coming. And then my friend Daniel said, why don't we actually open a bar? And, and so it, we did. 
in the East Village, and it, we had have all this sort of live performance and really amazing people come down and get up and sing and do all these different things. And then, so what's up? And it's been a great sort of community and beautiful thing. And then we recently we realised we have the wrong. We didn't know this. We had the wrong license. We're not, and so we have to reapply to have a license to have live performance and DJs. So we've had to stop doing. It's a bit footloose. We had to stop doing live performance in the bar until we get our. And on April the ninth, we have our meeting at the community board. So we're hoping that you know they um, approve us and we get to kind of keep going with a sense of, you know, ironically, a sense of community is what we want to. Regain. Yeah, you want to get it and such foster it and, and, and do it. And so Everybody people. get on social media yes, well, and say, like, Club Coming, we have to do it. Yes. You know? Club Coming so needs to I, come back. It's weird for me to say, uh, what else are you doing when you have 50 million things? Are you ever going back to the theatre? I hope so. I mean, I'm not, I don't know an actual play yet. It depends. I'm waiting to see if... Um, uh, Instinct, my television show, um, gets picked up again, which would mean I'd have to go uh, back to shoot that in July. So, um, well, all you need is Trump to say he's watching it, and it's all about him. But well, that was, and then was great they- about Stormy Daniels the other night <laughs> uh, on the, the 60 Minutes interview uh, yeah. on Stormy Daniels. We followed it, and so I was like, no, "It's the best thing Donald Trump's ever done for me," because our viewers went up, our ratings went up after from the premiere. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm waiting to do that. I'm actually going to do another concert tour. It's called Legal Immigrant. I started that in uh, Seattle on May the 3rd or 4th or something. And I'm doing it's a, a couple concert. It's more, it's not the Alan Cumming Sing Sappy Songs. It's like that, but it's a new one. It's yeah, a new one. A new There'll one. be new Sappy Songs, but they won't be sappy. They're still quite sappy. Oh, yeah, good, because yeah, still sappy. I love the idea of that. So it's like the songs that are all, you know, I can <clears> act and I feel emotionally connected to. Because I don't think I really have that great a voice to just sing a nice song. I think it's got to be... You know, and why sing a song unless you can bring something to it that changes people's views about it? So I'm doing that. It's called Legal Immigrant because that's what I am. And I'm going to do a tour. I'm doing two weeks in here in New York in, in June. Um, and it's so great. I'm doing an 8.45 show uptown at the Cafe Carlisle in the swanky Cafe mm-hmm. Carlisle and a midnight show at Joe's Pub downtown. So we're doing like up. Well, nothing a, will be shishi fafa then. No. no. I'm, an up, I'm, a, I'm a downtown boy living in an uptown world, you see. <laughs> There's a song cue. <laughs> this show ends in song, always. It does? It does, What always. should we sing? I don't know. What should we sing? I already did You, You, You for you, so that's my uh, candor neb for the... Uh, for the we could do... Um, we could do... I love how we're going to do it. <laughs> we <are laughs> right. Here we go. Sure. Uh, what is a really lovely song? Oh, I'm going to sing another of theirs from The Visit in... Um, Let's keep the visit alive. Uh, you know, when you're young, feeling oh so strong, what can prove you l- wrong? Love and love alone. <laughs> there you go. Beautiful. Isn't that nice? And I wish you luck with all of this. We want to reopen uh, Cafe Coming. We want Club Coming. Club Coming, actually. Yeah. Instinct. Sundays at 8 o'clock. Should be watching I to hope keep Donald the ratings up. And amazing. he should be definitely seeing After Louie. You know, <laughs> oh that's gosh. what we say. Just think of that. Let's all take a moment and think of that. Okay? This is, this is, <laughs> this is how it should be. <laughs> you choke. Thank you, my Thank friend. You. It's so nice <laughs> to see you. <laughs>